Hello, friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. It was around this time of year when I was a kid that the Sears Christmas catalog came out. I think a lot of moms hid these from their children, at least for a while. If you're my age, you remember what this was like. One of the toys in there that I, I thought was interesting was something I, I think was called a rock tumbler or rock polisher. I never got one, but as I understand it, you would put a rock in this thing and other rocks or some kind of hard, rough object would rotate around in the little drum and over time would polish the rock to where it was nice and smooth. This device provides a great illustration of how God works in our lives if we let him. First of all, let me establish this foundation. God's purpose for you is to perfect your character. He wants to transform you into the image of Jesus Christ. Listen to this amazing passage from 2 Peter 1. God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. We may come to share in the very nature of God. Think about that for a minute. How often in your workaday life do thoughts like this capture your mind? I hope they will as you listen to this talk. What the world needs right now is not more effective messaging from the church on social media, not more seeker-sensitive congregations, but living, breathing examples of lives that look like Jesus Christ. So how does God accomplish this in our lives? What makes us become like Jesus? Reading the Bible every day? Going to church on Sunday? These things may play a part, but they're not the main tools in God's hands. The first rock polisher that God tosses us into is that thing called our family. The purpose of the family is not just to provide food and shelter and a ride to soccer practice, but to be that workshop where God forms us into the image of Jesus. If you had a little brother that drove you crazy when you were young, you probably didn't realize that God gave you that brother to help you grow in character and grace. The same is true if you had an older sibling who wasn't always that compassionate and understanding. They were the rough rocks in the tumbler that were there to polish off your rough edges. Some of you probably remember feeling as a young person that you couldn't wait to get out of the house to be on your own. I remember that feeling. The fact is, when we escape the rock polisher that we started out in without a lot of progress being made, we eventually wind up in one with even bigger and rougher rocks. You see, God doesn't give up easily. He will do whatever it takes 
to form us into that person who will bring glory to Christ. And even though it is often difficult and unpleasant, you can be sure that God is acting in love. Do you know what the second greatest commandment is according to Jesus? The first commandment is to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. The second, Jesus says, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One thing I've noticed about my neighbors is that they're not exactly like God. Many of them aren't even close. But Jesus tells me to love them. He tells me to love that neighbor who doesn't understand me. I am to love the neighbor who is unkind and perhaps even mistreats me. I am to love the neighbor who is unlovely. Jesus said a lot of crazy things. Listen to this from Luke chapter 6. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Sometimes we think of these commands of Christ in the abstract. We think of loving some theoretical enemy on the other side of the world. But we often don't apply this teaching to the people we encounter personally in our lives, especially those who are closest to us. We expect a lot from them. And if they disappoint us, we feel justified in cutting them off from our lives. Dear friend, aren't you glad Jesus isn't like us? Paul said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He didn't come to save just the nicest people. He didn't come just to save the people that you would invite to a dinner party. He came to save sinners. And he hung around with sinners. He rubbed shoulders with them. Have you ever watched the TV show Dirty Jobs? Jesus Christ had the dirtiest job in history. Jesus left behind his Father's presence and the constant adoration of the holy angels. He left glory to come to this hellhole we have created. He became one of us with our sin-induced weaknesses. He lived a sinless life among us, serving the ungodly, healing, proclaiming good news to the needy ones. And then finally, after giving himself in service to others, he went to Calvary and carried all of our sins on the cross. He absorbed all the hate, all the lust, all the greed, and the wickedness of humanity. He didn't have to do this. He did it because God so loved the world. We sing about this every Sunday, but how often do we see the application of this Calvary love as relating to our daily lives? 
You see, just as Jesus laid down his life and gave up his rights to save the world, we who have received this free gift of forgiveness are called to lay down our lives each day for sinners. When you love that person that isn't very loving toward you, you are imitating Christ. When you bless that offender, instead of cutting them out of your life, you're following Jesus. Listen to this beautiful passage from 1 Peter 2. Now, the first part may not sound like it could apply to our modern world, but it does. Listen with your spirit. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously." who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Amen. Lord, make us more like Jesus. Give us the grace to suffer for his sake and to love those who don't love us back through Christ our Lord. My dear friend, continue to pray for us, please, as we are attempting to plant a church in the Schenectady area. We meet at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, which is actually meeting now in the American Legion Hall at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. And uh, as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.